welcome to the Built on Air podcast, the variety show for all things Airtable. Each episode, we cover four different segments. It's always fresh and different and lots of fun while you get the insider info on all things Airtable. Our hosts and guests are some of the most senior experts in the Airtable community. Join us live each week on our YouTube channel every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And join our active community at builtonair.com join. Before we begin, a word from our sponsor, OntoAir.com. Any business running on Airtable gets the value that Airtable has, but also needs a few more functions to complete their operations. That's where OntoAir comes in. It's a suite of tools for any business running on Airtable to maximize your operations efficiencies and automations. One customer, John, states that OntoAir enables his business to function properly without having to think about building their own software. And that is pretty invaluable. The OntoAir Airtable apps are amazing and we use them often and are very happy with the results. So join John and hundreds more customers and take your Airtable to the next level with OntoAir. Sign up today with promo code BUILTONAIR for a 10% discount. Check them out at OntoAir.com. And now let's check out today's episode and see what we built on air. Welcome everybody to the Built on Air podcast. This is season nine, episode three, and we're coming at you live with myself, Dan Fellers. We've got Camille back again. Hello, Camille. Hello. And we have a new face with us, Kavan. Welcome. Good to see you. So hopefully Kavan's name is uh, familiar to everybody. It's it's uh, very commonly seen in the Airtable community. <laughs> and we will get to know Kavan in a later segment. We'll get to know her. So, But we're glad that she could join us for today's episode. Ali is, is uh, not with us again. But hopefully next week we'll see Ali again and hear all about her uh, wedding. So with that, as always, the Built on Air podcast is an hourly live show where we meet and talk about um, four different segments that can help us be better with our Airtable usage. And we do that um, each Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. So we hope that you can join us live next time if you're watching over the broadcast. So we always begin with our first segment and that is Round the Bases, where we go through the different Airtable communities, talk about what's going on, highlight a couple of questions or topics that are of interest. So we always start with the Airtable community. And here's one that uh, I thought was interesting um, and talking about the, if you're using that API, one of the challenges is escaping characters in your formulas. And so somebody brought this up a while ago. Uh, I didn't even realize, Kavan, you're on this thread, so you might be familiar with this one if you can jog your memory. But um, more recently, it came back up as somebody um, brought up some, uh, I think they were consolidating and had different ideas. Kavan, any, any, do you remember this thread and, and kind of want to summarize it? Yeah, so the the main thing is on the, I think it's based on using filter by formula when you're using the REST API. So first of all, if you're using something outside of Airtable and you're using the API to get to Airtable as opposed to something within like a script or anything like that. And the idea is if you want to filter by formula, you actually have to create an Airtable formula. And 
that Airtable formula has to follow all of the rules for regular Airtable formulas. And so you have to have all of the syntax and all of that. And if you want to do something like search for text that has a new line character or with quotes or things like that, you have to make sure that the formula that you build would have all of those characters escaped properly in the Airtable formula once it was an actual Airtable formula. So in general, the main thing is when you're writing a formula, you have to put in like literal values inside quotes. So if you have quotes inside your quote of, of the string that you want to, you have to escape them. And then if you have any other strings that would not be just a regular character, such as a new line character or a tab or anything like that, those also have to be escaped. The main ones really are quotes because those are what's most common in an Airtable formula. But if you have any other unusual characters, um, sometimes that you have to escape those as well. The main trick of that is that you have to escape it for the formula, but then when you are writing your code, you might actually have to escape that because of course you're using the backslash character. So you have to escape it for the formula. And then when you're building the formula in your code to build up the string to create the formula, you have to escape that again. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And how you escape it is, of course, going to depend on how you're writing your code. Are you are you using single quotes versus double quotes? Are you using backticks instead of what language are you using? Yeah. Yeah. And if you're familiar with general database, usually this is also common um, in, in just general database usage. And usually most database wrappers have kind of an escape functionality that allows you to to overcome this pretty easily but um with their tables api it's it's still uh young and so that functionality isn't quite there yet so you kind of have to do that yourself <laughs> so yeah so useful if you're running into api issues and the formula doesn't seem to be working this might be a thread to check out to look for answers mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the main thing is always build your formula in the Airtable user interface itself because it's got all kinds of weird quirks and then work backwards from that formula to how you're going to create it in code. Yep, yep. Very good. So good, good resource. Um, I have seen this where, and it doesn't always, the, Air, the API Air, I don't think, you know, is very uh, useful in trying to figure out. It just tells you that it's an invalid formula. And so it, it's it, it's tough to figure out exactly what's going on if you're not familiar. So good resource to check out there. Okay, next one. This one I thought was interesting. It actually is an old post. Um, I always like to see old posts from a couple of years ago. This one's from 2018, so many years ago. Um, and they were asking about the ability to have comments on a per cell basis, um, per record basis. And I thought it was interesting. Somebody else brought it back up again. And um, so just lots of demand for this over the years. It hasn't really been something that uh, that that I don't think they've addressed. Any thoughts on do you think Airtable would ever implement something like this? I don't know. I don't um, think it's likely. I feel like commenting on records is is a 
it is a feature provided um, in Airtable, but it's not a. This I don't know. It's 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 very at the basic level, and I don't know if we've seen really enhancements to commenting at all in the past few years, apart from being able to comment directly on individual attachments. So that's kind of like they've skipped a step in between where you can comment on the whole record. And then as opposed to commenting on the whole attachment field, you can comment on individual attachments, not the field as a whole. So in between there's cell-based or individual um, record value commenting that isn't quite there yet. And I don't know if they care enough about this particular segment of their product. Yeah. Yeah. The way I feel about it is people who want comments on an individual cell, they're almost always coming from a spreadsheet point of view because they're <laughs> used to being able to do that in the spreadsheet. And it makes a lot of sense in a spreadsheet because in a spreadsheet, every cell could be something different or doing something unique. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case when you try and go with a database mindset. That's so in a point. database mindset, it's here is a particular field for a particular type of value. And if you want to have a comment on that, it, it, it just doesn't quite make as much sense for that. There should be more of a where they already provide record level commenting or if you want to have a whole nother field that says whatever special notes or details on it. Yeah. Yeah, you could just, yeah, exactly. Just have another field for your for your comments yeah. or whatnot. So. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a good point. I also thought of you could easily build either a script or an app that, you know, you could store your 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 comments in like a long text field or something and then map them to a field. Maybe the comments are stored as like JSON and you had like a script that easily like matched it to the field that you wanted to comment on or something. Yeah. Well, I think part of it is that this is getting back to a database point of view is in a database, you want to have each cell is the most granular level of information. As soon as you start talking about adding a comment to it, is suddenly you're trying to store two things of data in one cell rather than storing just one unique thing of data in there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or Brian mentioned you could potentially do a, a lookup on another table that, that's linked to that field or something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you want um, a comment or just notes on the field as a whole, you can also do the field description on that. Um, so that's useful, for example, if someone's saying, okay, what's the format of the, of the value that you're supposed to be getting or where are you getting it from or don't touch that. But that's not so much on the specific cell level. Yeah, it, it would be like use this field to store when people's uh, licenses expire and not why has Jim's license expired? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. All right. So those are some ideas. If you're looking for cell level uh, commenting, there are definitely some workarounds that, and, and, and I think like Kavan said, if you have that database mentality, it might not, might not be appropriate to think that way. So all right, I'm gonna do an audible here. We got a, a question from Rebecca. Welcome, Rebecca, asking if anyone's seen the new timeline view. No. I have not, so let's see. I've got a brand new um, view or table that I created. Uh, there it is, look, there's a timeline right there. 
So you can now add, so they have it at the top level. Um, and so now you can get a timeline at a, as kind of a first level uh, view. So that's cool. Customize labels. Hold on. <laughs> that's, you know what? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, go back. Sorry. What the heck? Where do I go back to there? Customize labels up at the top. It's where uh, customized cards nice. for, uh, for the gallery. So, so I see bold italics underline. And also, it looks like you can build a multi. Please put in some dates, some records, so I can see what this is <laughs> and marvel at it. Um. Wondering when was this released? Today yeah, it must be today, <laughs> probably. So they had this timeline. Didn't they have this as an app before? Yes. No? Yeah. So similar to the Gantt app, which is yeah. now a view, there was a timeline app that is apparently now a view. Um, There's a can't close this guy. <laughs> Still thinking. Mm. So timeline might still be buggy. <laughs> or Airtable. Uh, that's probably why Airtable went down yesterday. Is... <laughs> yeah. Anytime something, you know, big happens, like within the last 30 minutes, Rebecca says. So, yeah. yeah. So typically when they release something, it's like uh, it comes in waves so some people get it first and then over the course of the day or the following day more people will get it um and sometimes Airtable slows down a little bit or has a brief outage when a new feature is released i'm looking at the record there test one dash empty dash empty i think those are the two extra fields you said to apply to the label oh my god can you please can you go to, to calendar now I know we want to show off timeline. Yeah. Can you do that for a calendar field too? I wonder. Is that a thing? No. 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 I guess you have less real estate, but they should add that to the calendar view. Yeah. Yeah. All right, back to timeline. Request. I know I've heard that from many people. Yeah, they don't have a customize. Okay. Cool. Well, maybe, maybe someday. <laughs> oh, look at this. Oh, I created a new one. Yeah, you, you made a new one. Yeah. So let's bold it. That's such a good. So it's even on here. Yeah. Oh, I guess it's only on there. Look at that. Very nice. I'm nice happy. Cool. All right. Thank you, Rebecca, for that uh, suggestion to check out. Maybe we'll do a deep dive in a future segment on that one. All right. Let's keep going. Um, 
Okay, so last week we talked about the new scripting API call to select just a single record. Um, this week there was more discussion on it um, coming from Bill asking the question of what 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 approach do they take under the hood? Are the, is this just a shortcut to do a loop or does it have some kind of hashing to where it will just query that one, which would obviously be much faster so, so he was asking, you know, under the hood, is this just a shortcut to, to perform that loop to find the record you're looking for? And it was good that we actually got an answer from Airtable. We don't always get that, um, but they actually gave a good answer basically saying in automations, it will only load the specific records that are specified, but in the scripting app, it just does the filtering. So my thinking is, is obviously within scripting app that happens within your browser and all the data is already downloaded from your table. So the data is already there. So it's already looping, whereas automations happens in the server, doesn't have everything in memory. And so it can't, it does perform that specific one. Um, so but that notice that they also kept it open saying that it, the primary reason for inscripting right now is so that you can have compatibility so you can develop your script in scripting app and then easily port it over. However, the other thing that's nice about it is it sounds like they're keeping that open for the possibility to add enhancements later on. So I say start using it right away and eventually when they do add you know, maybe other indexing or whatever underneath the hood to take advantage of it, it'll be right there. Yep, yep, very true. So, and the other thing is with limitations on scripting, or excuse me, automations has limitations on memory usage and time that it can execute that the scripting app doesn't have. And so it's more needed within the automations environment um, going on there. So good thread. It looks like Kavan, you were also involved in this one. And, um, so Bill was being accused of being prophetic or near prophetic. <laughs> and, uh, so that was good. I thought that was a good discussion. If you're, if you're interested in what's going on behind the scenes underneath the hood. Yeah. Sometimes Bill and I have uh, side conversations on these threads. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It, I always like uh, to see that. Okay. So every, what do you think, Camille, every three months we need to bring up one of these that um, talks about the billing and how billing works within Airtable. So yeah. this is our quarterly reminder. Um, this poor person three days ago, I don't know, um, you know, their situation, but try was moving accounts from a free to a paid and didn't understand how the billing works on paid workspaces, paid, you know, bases and sharing and adding users. And unfortunately got a bill for, uh, I think they mentioned in another $900 in charges that they weren't expecting. I so, think yeah, I saw this one um, before, and I I think what happened was that their their page wasn't um, it didn't uh, 
provide any sort of like visual that, oh, the thing went through. So it like charged and charged and charged and charged and charged. And that's why it was 900 versus, you know, 240, uh, whatever it would be if it was just two collaborators. Um, Rebecca just said that something similar happened to her and they fixed it immediately. I can concur. Um, I have an obscene amount of Airtable credits on my account. So for the next 25 years, I'm, you know, I'm flying free. However, every now and again, I forget to apply my credits to the appropriate um, pro workspace. And so I'll be charged for it. Every single time that's happened, I've just contacted support and said, hey, can you roll back that charge so I can apply my credits and then, you know, take care of it. And it's usually solved um, in a couple of hours as opposed to any other type of interaction with their table support, which is very, you know, depending on what your topic is, it might take you days to get a response. Billing, I've literally never had a problem. Yeah, they, yeah they, I'm sure they worked with this person as well to get it squared away. So, yeah. but it always, it always is frustrating to, to see those charges going through. So yeah, just be aware of there's pricing at the workspace level, or if you share an individual base that still goes into the pricing model, if it's anything other than a read only user. So just be cognizant of that when you're sharing your your base or workspace yeah so along those lines um i said one thing is contact support directly and they're usually very very helpful you just explain the situation as far as posting that on community forums or on reddit the thing is the only people that can actually fix that is airtable itself so it doesn't help a lot complaining elsewhere just go straight to airtable explain what happened, they understand these mistakes, and then they'll fix it. Um, and the, the other thing is, which is really useful on the pro or enterprise plan is you can actually set it up now so that you can restrict adding new users so you won't get that surprise charge when someone doesn't realize that adding someone else and giving them the same editor privileges that they have will suddenly cost a lot of money. And that's if, that's if somebody else does it, but you can still do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Camille, I'm, I'm in a similar situation. I don't have nearly as many credits as you do, but I do have some credits and I try and reapply them. And um, every now and then I have a um, some of my other family members where I go and I, I gift them credits. And the other thing that's really nice is if I add myself as an owner and then I go in and transfer the credits and then I remove myself all within like a minute or two, there actually ends up being no charge for me being um, the other workspace for that brief period of time. Yeah, that's the other thing. Um, Airtable is fairly good at recognizing if a collaborator is only there for like 10 minutes um, for instance, if you're a, a developer and you made a custom app for somebody and you just want to install it in their base and then leave, usually you're fine. Yeah. All right. Very good. Good uh, warning. I'm sure we'll bring it up again in a few months. <laughs> yep. Okay. This was another one on Reddit, um, a, a product launch that I thought was interesting. Um, so basically this product is a way to, to automate sending out uh, tweets from your Airtable base. Uh, I think it's cool. I think you could do more. I was gonna bring up, um, you could probably build this directly within Airtable using their automations. Actually, I know you can, I've done it. Um, 
but I'm sure a, a dedicated product could, could add more functionality. But now with Airtable's automations, they already have built-in integration to Twitter to where you can send out a tweet or to um, Hootsuite, which is what I use for, for Twitter integration. Um, they have both those built into the automation. So, but if you want more advanced functionality within there, this might be a cool product to check out, um, loopbat.com. So check that out. Okay. Next one. This, uh, this one comes from the built on air community. And so this was somebody, actually, I think I posted talking about the ability to share apps. And because I saw somebody else sharing an app on their website and I said, hold on, I didn't think you could do that. And so then I looked in my base and sure enough, they added, you can see here, they added um, the ability to uh, share an app. And as well as um, if you go to the share base menu, you can actually share your data with um, your apps included. So there's two ways you can do it. One is share just an individual app. Um, and the experience is a little bit different depending on how you do this, or you share the base with all of the apps accessible. Um, but unfortunately, it's not available to everybody. Mm -hmm. And so like Kavan mentioned, maybe it's just the people that signed up for the beta because there was a beta a year or two ago um, that allowed for this. And then it stopped working. They took away that functionality. So they might have just brought it back for the people who signed up for that original beta. Yeah. So still unclear on, on who has access to this. And who there doesn't. is a support article um, about app sharing um, for Airtable. And it references that it is a beta. Um, I don't remember if there's a link in that article to um, join the beta if you're not already a part of it. But I got a um, a support request for one of my apps asking, is it possible to embed it somewhere else? And I linked them to that article saying, yes, technically, if you're one of the select people who have this added to their accounts. Yeah, so this is where, um, yeah, so when you share a base link, there will be this option to share show apps added to the space. So you can do that. Now, one thing, one thing that is definitely worth mentioning is if you're sharing an app, um, at first, this probably, I don't have an app in this space, but it will take you directly to that app and you don't realize that there's always a button um, it will be right here where this copy base is, but it'll say view data. And, um, and then it'll bring you to this data view. So the data is always visible when you share a base. So just be aware of that, that if you start sharing an app, they'll, they'll be able to access the, the base data. Yeah. And it, it's not just the data associated with that app. Airtable doesn't make any distinction yep. between if you have a chart app linked to your table one, if you have tables two, three, four, and five, then you're going to have, it's going to show all of the data for all five tables. Yeah. Yeah. Rebecca mentioned she's had it the whole time. And so maybe I could be confusing that, that they took it away because, but I'm pretty sure I had it and then I stopped having access to it, but maybe I was looking in a free base when, 
when I realized it got taken away or something. So I could be wrong. Maybe it's been there the whole time. But yeah, what's interesting is if I, you look on that support website, um, it says that the beta is no longer in active development, but is still available upon request. Interesting. That's where, yeah. And maybe, and I thought that they had taken it away, but maybe they kept it up. Maybe if you were using it, I don't know if I was ever actually using it. So, yeah. all right, next one, let's move on. Um, okay. This was, this is from Twitter. I thought this was interesting. Um, Either of you familiar with what he's talking about here? So he's talking about how he can see emails for, for, uh, for people. I don't know if I want to, people may not, uh, I don't know if Fairtable is aware of this, but it's out there. So if you share um, a base, so there's like a lot of bases out there that people say, hey, here's a cool base that I built um i'll sh i'll share it with you give me your email and i'll share it with you well everybody that they've shared it with if you go into the share feature you'll be able to see all of their emails of everybody else that's that has been shared with so i've noticed that that I, i've seen i've been i've been added to a couple of just common shared free bases that have like a database of you know or a template or something and you go in and you're like oh there's a lot of emails in here of other people that have access to this base. And so he's calling that out. So that might be something that Airtable wants to address. Yeah. yeah, I think that's something that's always been there where you go in and you look in the shares and you can see all of the other collaborators and you can actually see also what's their permission levels. So you can see who has read only versus who has edit or create. Yeah, yeah. No. All right. Next one. Okay. Question for you too. Anybody else call when you share a table, a share table, I'll send you a share table. No, <laughs> because I'm sure that's either already another product or it soon will be. <laughs> and somebody responded, please don't. <laughs> it's too late. I'm with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I haven't heard that. I've, I haven't seen anybody use that on any of the communities, but uh, we'll see if that uh, sticks or not. Well, Chris Dancy has, I'm going to forget what each of them are, but he has like a series of tools that he created for other people that follow that same sort of um, pattern. So it's like care table and flare table, and there's two more. And I don't think share table is one of them. So at some point we, you're going to hit one that exists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> there you go. Nice brain. Okay. Next one. Last one. This is our last one. Then we'll move on. This was, I thought was interesting. Um, I need to scroll up here. So somebody, uh, this Chris, who is the founder of a company called LastKey, talked about how they built their back end all the way up until they were doing seven figure in revenue. They were they were using Notion as the back end of their product. And Ankit says he has a company, it looks like Intersect Labs, uh, that's doing eight figures and their back end is Airtable. 
So that's pretty amazing. An eight figure revenue company um, built entirely on their table. Yeah. That's impressive. So. I, I think what I find amusing about that is you talk about a three figure revenue because three yeah. figure revenue is a hundred dollars, right? Right. Yeah. Got to start somewhere. That's yeah. right. That's right. You start there. So way to go on kit and team. And uh, that's pretty impressive. That'd be cool to get them on sometime on the podcast to, to share what they've built there. All right. That's uh, around the bases. Next, we're going to do a quick um, feature talking about Ontair, which is the primary sponsor of the Built on Air podcast. I am the founder of Ontair, and it's an all-in-one toolkit to run your business on Airtable. It's a suite of apps that help you do all sorts of things. Um, just real briefly, I know we're short on time, so I just wanted to talk about uh, if you go to ontair.com slash resources, I just want to highlight our, our resource library that we're building. Hannah, who's been a, a regular host on this podcast and guest, um, she handles all the content and writing great articles, um, helping you do different things with Airtable and using our product to um, automate your workflows and your business processes. So check out our resources. We have some new ones up dealing with Google integration and how to build invoice templates and generate PDFs off of your Google Docs and whatnot. And we'll be adding a lot more to this. So just a quick shout out on terra.com slash resources for some great guides on how to um, improve your workflows with, with Airtable and using Ontario products. Next segment, we're going to do meet the experts. So that's where we get to learn more about Kavan. So I'm going to hand it over to Camille, who's going to, who's going to ask some questions there. Okay. Hi, Kavan. Hi, Camille. I feel like we've done this before. We have. <laughs> um, back when the podcast was uh, in a non-live format, there's a word for that, I'm sure, you actually were on the podcast before and you were talking to us about your life and how you came to join Airtable and be such a fixture in the Airtable community. For the people who haven't seen that episode, please remind us, how have <laughs> you started with the Airtable community? And you're at this point, one of the most um, valued MVPs, um, on, at least on the Airtable forums in terms of how often you provide helpful information to people who are new to the product. Okay. So my background was, I don't have a computer science background. Uh, well, I kind of do because I was always interested in computer science. And then I happened to take a database class when I was in college, fell in love with the idea of databases, moved on and had a life as a technical writer and did like a little bit of scripting on the side. And whenever I had a chance to find and play with databases, I kind of did that. But I had no budget at all. And... I actually was at one point where I was actually going to my local library so I could use Microsoft Access for free in two-hour time segments. And I said, I need to have something where I can have a database where I can do it and it needs to be free. And so I downloaded every single free app for a database that I could find on my iPad and tested them all out. And the only one that I didn't delete was Airtable. And this was before Airtable had any scripting, any automations mm -hmm. or custom apps. And just fell in love with it and said, this is what I want. It works on every device. It works on my phone. It works on my tablet. It works on my PC. It works on my husband's Mac. 
and it's all in the cloud and it was free. And I'm like, I'm sold. And then on the side, I was learning um, JavaScript because I thought, well, that's interesting. I want to learn how to do more coding. And then Airtable scripting came out. And it was in February of 2020, <laughs> right after COVID was starting to be a thing. And I had just learned enough JavaScript that. Hello? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if my sound was getting weird. Um, looked into that. That's where I first met Bill French. And the rest is kind of history. So went in and was building writing scripts, reading through the documentation, looking at the Airtable community forums and finding all these interesting questions. And then I was like, wait a minute, I could actually, you know, A, help people out with this and B, make some money on the side too. Um, so that's what I went ahead and started working as an Airtable consultant. And I had just barely started doing that when you had first emailed me, uh, when you first interviewed me, Camille. And, uh, it's kind of grown from there. So I've always had my eye out for the little guy. Like that's who I've always been. So I like helping people who want to help themselves, but just need that little extra bit of help or like they've got this base 90% built out, but they've got this one thing that's really stumping them. So I'm like, just have an appointment with me. We'll talk it over in half an hour and let's figure it out. Or writing scripts is, that's the most fun I've ever had. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then writing custom apps came after that. And that's not as fun as writing scripts because it takes so much more work. It does. It's, it's like 10 times as much work easily. Yeah. And with, with custom apps, someone is going to be reviewing your code if, if you send it off to Airtable. And for everyone's reference, Airtable had a hackathon and Kavan's um, entry was one of the winners. So congratulations to you, but we have a different app that you've made more recently that we wanted to go over. Okay. Would you like, would you like to demo it for us? Sure. Yay. So, let me know when the share is going on. Yeah, we'll do that. So this will be our app a day segment and Kavan is going to walk us through that. Let me add your screen. There you go. Okay. All right. So this is one of the, apps that I created. Um, I've actually, I think I have four apps in the marketplace right now. Mm -hmm. And um, the genesis for the idea for this was there's so many formulas that are out there and some of them are just these really big long monsters and I don't want to have to retype them all over again. So I'm like, well, what if we had an app that could just go read the names of your fields and then create the formula for you? And so that was the idea. Uh, my first app was actually for creating pre-filled forms. I think that is my most downloaded app that has been used. It's actually um, linked to that one on the Airtable support webpage for that, for creating a pre-filled form URL. So if you want to pre-fill a form, but I was like, there's going to be all these other formulas that it would be just really nice. And one of the first ones that I liked after that was the idea is say you've got a number field and you want to have it written out as a text field for various reasons, either, for example, say you live in Europe and you swap out your comma and your periods for your decimal symbol and your, um, 
grouping symbol, or you want to have some other kind of symptom in there. So the idea with that is if you take a look at this formula, so here's the number here, this formula is, is huge. Like, like it's, it's, it goes on and on and on and on and on. And this is actually one of the shorter formulas that are there. It was inspired by formulas that I found on the Airtable community, but trying to get them to do exactly what I want and all the different variations, what people had was just, it's, it was too much of a pain because you have like the same field name that would need to be changed out like 20 times. Yep. So here's like this little demo base. So you can see here, here's the number field. And the way it works is you just get this little menu. Eventually I'm going to have add more formulas to it, but it's just, just like about a dozen of them now. So we can say here, if we can, we want to format the number as a text and then you can pick the table and then it actually will go through and say, okay, which are the fields that you can actually do this with? And so say I have my number field and then you can choose what format you want. Do you want to be a U.S. currency? So it will always have the decimals. Do you want to have an integer, a U.S. decimal percent European, or you can do something custom. So normally what happens if you do a normal field and here, if I put number here, you get another formula and get another number and then you get this formatting and you can format it here. But if you wanted to use this in say a report that you're doing and something else, you lose all of that formatting and it ends up looking like this. So you don't have a guaranteed number of decimal places. You don't have your grouping symbols and all of that. So if you wanted to use it here, like as a U.S. decimal, so you can just pick whichever format you want. It gives you the formula here, copy the formula, and then you just paste it in here. And then you've got your formula here with whatever formatting you want. If you want to do some kind of custom formatting, you can say here, actually what I want is I want to have some kind of I want to have negative sign and I want to have my, actually let's do like say the Euro symbol and I want to say, you know, per item. And you go through, copy the formula and then paste it in. So before I was doing this, this formula, whenever I wanted to change something like this, I, it would take me digging up the old formula that I had, swapping out all of the things. And even though I'm really familiar with formulas, just that process, it, it could take me, you know, like 10, 15 minutes. Um, and I just, I end up doing it so often that I said, I want a way of doing this easily that will adjust to all these different parts. Um, if you have to find a formula, then there are actually lots of formulas out there, but a lot of them, they have limits like on the number of decimal places that you can use. And they don't have all of the features where you can just click and say, you know, actually what I want is I want to have a thin a space for my grouping symbol and a comma here. And so that you just click and you choose what you want and paste it in. So you can get formulas like these, you can build formulas like your own, but what you're paying for when you get the app is you're paying for the convenience of doing it. Yeah. Um, to, can you 
um, go into that formula a little bit so we can see a little bit of more of what it um, creates for you. Okay. So, so see well, just to show it, because if I'm not mistaken, I think I saw four to five different, yeah, regex. Yeah. So um, this is using, so it's got a lot of things in it going. First of all, it's going to make sure that there actually is a number in the number field and it's not blank. It's yep. going to find out if the number is too big, in which case it's just going to show an error message. Uh, that's actually an option you can turn on and off because if you know your number is never going to get too big, it's never going to have 21 decimal, like 21 significant distance for that. Um, it, it figures out your sign. It does a lot of regex replace. Um, and this is where it got a little bit tricky. Earlier, we were talking about escaping your formulas when you have your code is building the Airtable formula. So my code actually has to go through and it has to figure out when it's creating this, how it does all the different escapes for all these characters and the backslashes. And that took a while to figure out. But it goes through all this. It's got another regex. Um, it, it does rounding because you're trying to figure out, okay, if we have two different decimal places. And so you have to put the rounding in everywhere and then adds in, you know, whatever extra text. And the thing is, after you have this formula and you want to like tweak it a little bit, you can copy that into a plain text editor and then make whatever other adjustments that you want to. <laughs> So, I don't think many people will do that, but no, I, I brought it up just, I mean, you reference what you're paying for is you're paying for the convenience. I don't understand regex. I don't think anyone really understands regex and the fact that it will do it for you is, is beyond convenience. It is, yeah. it is a magnificent feature and that is just one of the ready-made formula builders that come a part of this app. One of the other ones that I like particular is dates. On formulas with dates, one thing about dates is it's always time zones. If you ever got something particularly off on a time zone, uh, well, like you, you have a formula and your time zone is off. Well, that's usually because of the time zone. So one thing that I have here is um, here, if we have, if you say you want to format your date as text, so we can go through, let's pick this, and I'm going to pick a date field. Um, so let's just say here, the date field. Here you can pick which of these formats that you want. Um, so say I want a US date, and I want to don't want to include my time. This formula always prompts you for what time zone are you actually going to be in. And I am actually... Let's say I'm in central time zone. So that is, um, where is it? There it is, Chicago. And then I can go next. I copy this formula. And this was actually what, based on end date. Oh, it's probably a hidden one. And then say it's a formula field and just paste it in. And if you'll see here, it's got to embed my set time zone in here so that this will be there. A lot of times when people don't put that in or they don't know how to nest it, and then they say, why is my date off by a day? And, that's that. 
And then it does nice little checking things where if it's a blank thing here, you're not going to get the error code saying that it's not there. That is so. amazing. This is one of those where you don't need to know how the sausage is made. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so, okay, say here, you know, so one thing that, that, say you have a team that's working in multiple different time zones, the what I recommend doing where you all want to see the same is have your regular date time field and have everyone say, I turn this off. Use the same time zone for all companies. Just, just, just turn that off so everyone sees this in local time. And then create a new formula field and then pick the time zone of everyone for where they're at so that you can see your local time and then you can see what time it would be for everybody else. So say, for example, here that we had other people in New York and say, I actually do want to include the time in a 12-hour format. And let's use, let's say we want a European way of writing the times. Next, copy formula, select all, paste it in. And so I can see here, these people that were going to be in New York, when it's this time here for me, this is what it is for them. And it just does that here. So you can see it's got the European time site, and then you can have it here. I probably should have picked a European city for that. <laughs> uh, um, so it does several things with dates. Um, eventually the goal is to look at what are the different other times that we have, the other kinds of things. I wanna make sure that there's so many formulas that could be made. I'm trying to find what are the ones that are the most useful. Mm -hmm. um, so here's like another one that we have that I'm, I'm pretty proud of. This is the show link record name without the extra quotes. So here, say you have a linked record. So we hear of different ones and they have, if you put this in a regular formula, you'll see here, it puts quotes around ones that have commas or internal quotes in it. So like here, this is my linked record field. And if I just say that in my formula field, it's got all this extra stuff. If you want what the original version is, then we have a formula that it generates for you that can get rid of those extra quotes so that you can see this without extra quotes looks exactly the way this is. And yes, this also uses, this uses a bunch of substitute and um, some other things going on in there to try and clear out that extra things. This currently only works if there is only one linked record. If you have multiple linked records, it doesn't work as well. But in that case, you'd probably still want to have the quote so that you can tell which one was which. Yeah. But a lot of times, like if you've got, you know, it's just someone's name or a company name and there's only one and you, you, you say, that's what it is. I don't want to see those extra quotes. You can do that. Very cool. Can you give a can you give an overview on pricing? So on this one, it's if you go to Airtable, if you go to the marketplace, is the easiest way to get the the licensing for it. Um, and if we find this, you'll go here and you can say you can get a license at my Gumroad store. And I'm trying to make this pretty affordable for everyone. All of my apps currently are, you pay for it once and then that's it. You have it for the rest of the life of your base. 
So this one right now is just currently $15. And the thing is what you can actually do is if you only want to pay for this for one base, go and create it in that one base. And then you can create those formulas there. And then you can actually, as long as your field names match, you can copy that formula into any other base. Don't say that. You got to buy it for base. <laughs> <laughs> but if you actually want the convenience, because remember what you're buying here is convenience. You're buying the convenience mm -hmm. of, I don't have to look up and pick which one of these five different formulas is actually going to be the one that I want. Because I've seen a lot of formulas out there and I'm like, well, that's really good unless you get to this weird edge case. In which case it's going to blow up on you, but you're not going to know it. Yeah. You know, and That's, then it's a lot of the formulas that I write that I'll, I'll give you the most basic way you could possibly write a, a formula that doesn't do much edge case handling. Usually when I'm answering a question on the forums, the person isn't asking an edge case. So just a, you know, fair warning. <laughs> don't always listen to me. You should, but don't always. No. But if you want to handle edge cases, ready-made formulas, I'm telling you, $15 is nothing. It's, it's nothing. It really isn't. It? And, the, and the idea is a lot of people, they bulk their order. I'm like, think about your time. Okay, how, how much do you make an hour? And if you're going to sp say say you, you make $15 an hour, which most people, if you're building your own Airtable basis, I would hope you make more than $15 an hour because um, that's barely above minimum wage in California. Would you spend an hour trying to find and tweak and adjust a formula that you found on the internet? Just get it, saves you the time, and then you have it and you can use all the other ones that are available in it. And then the way it works is you just go in and you go to the settings. The only setting that actually is, is you put in the app license, you type it in, and it is good only for a single base. It gets tied to whichever base that you use. Um, I, this one says internal because I have this super secret special way that I do it where I don't have to pay for a license myself. What? <laughs> um, but normally it will go through Gumroad. When you buy it in Gumroad, then it will email you, um, you know, this long 20 character, some code, you paste it in there and then you forget about it. That's awesome, Kavan. Thank you for sharing that. That yeah. is very, just thinking about like, yeah, the formulas so, that, that it can save you. Yeah. So another one where it's, oh. when you're talking about edge cases is on attachments. And this was one thing that is really tricky on attachments is this will give you the formulas that if you have one attachment, it will pull out the file name. It can pull out a file name if there's these weird characters in this. I have no idea why Airtable lets you, but Airtable will let you have all kinds of characters in your file name, like quotes and slashes that are actually not allowed in a lot of operating systems, but they could be in there. Um, and then it'll also will go in and have formulas where it can build an image tag, um, an HTML link where it will say, hey, here is your, your file name, and then a link to whatever the attachment name is in there. Or if you want to have a markdown link, it can do that uh, for if you wanted a markdown link to send in um, like an email that uses no. the markdown. Yeah. So. Various other ones. Um, just the ones that, that I think they're useful. Basically, whenever I come up with a formula that I find I'm using a lot, I look and say, well, how much would that be added to ready-made formulas? And I'm actually already working on 
version two of this that will have a few other features. Um, and when it's ready, we'll push it through Airtable and it will be available. Cool. Thank you, Kavan. That is awesome. Get that. Check it out in the uh, marketplace. Hopefully everybody installs that and pays for it. And I think you can easily get your value out of that in the first day. Cool. Let's move on. Um, we've got a few more minutes. Just a quick announcement. If you are watching this video and you are not a part of our Built On Air community, then you need to sign up today. Check us out at builtonair.com slash join and get in, sign up for the newsletter, get updates, find out when we have new podcasts and other content each week. And then also join our Slack community where you get to hang out with amazing people like Camille and Kavan and many others. We're approaching uh, 900 members in our Slack community and we always want to see more of you join us. So please uh, come visit us at builtonair.com and be a part of that. Okay, our final segment, we're gonna do an automate create, and this will likely be a two or three part series. What I wanted to do, and actually this could be, actually both of you maybe will find this useful. I think Airtable could um, use something like this. I'm, I'm, I'm using this for our Ontair products um, or going to be using this. I figured why not create this live with the Built On Air podcast and hopefully this is useful to other people. So if you are building an app for the marketplace or a script or anything where you need to get feedback from your customers, um, you want a system where you can collect their ideas and allow people to vote on which features they'd like to see. There's some products out there, probably one of the most uh, popular ones is this one called uh, Canny, canny.io. And, but if you look, you know, $50 a month, that's a, that's a pretty steep, um, starty price point. I was like, could we not do this, you know, using existing Airtable um, functionality? So what we're going to do in this three part or two part series is we're going to walk through, need to refresh this, um, how we could set up a customer feedback loop base and implement the ability to collect data using, and, and I'm going to try to do this without using any third-party tools. Uh, we're going to do it all in Airtable, and we're going to implement the ability to collect new ideas for new features, and then also the ability to upvote those ideas for customers. And then we can generate a, a shared um, base that allows customers to to uh, see that and then upvote features that they want to see. And that will help anybody that, that is building a product, see what their customers um, want you to build next. So Kavan, like in your example, people could suggest new fun functions that they want to see in your app and, and others can, can upvote that and whatnot. And so uh, with Ontair, we have six different apps and always looking to hear what people want us to to build next. So for this, for this phase, we're just going to go over the, the basic um, structure of the, of the base and how to get the initial data in. And this one should be pretty, pretty easy for anybody that's done anything in, in Airtable. I just set up, this took me five minutes to set up a base. 
um, asking for, you know, which app they are looking to um, give feedback on the type of feedback, whether it's an improvement to an existing feature or a new feature, or if they're reporting a bug. Um, status we'll use internally. Um, I'll, I'll ask them if they're a current customer, so that can help me um, kind of give more leverage to existing customers versus non. Um, ask them for a title and then the details and then their contact information. So the basic way is just create a simple form where you basically just ask for that information and that will then get it into um, your base. So all of that is pretty standard. Where it's going to get uh, a little bit more tricky is how do we automate the process of allowing people to upvote existing um, feature requests or existing um, new new ideas that, that people want to see. So in part two that we'll do next week, we'll go through the process of how we can implement that using buttons and automations um, to, to um, implement the ability to upvote an existing data item. So check us out next week. We'll do a continuation of, of this process. And after maybe two or three more segments, we'll have a fully functional customer feedback loop. And I'll share this space with anybody who wants to also implement something similar in, in your environment. Save yourself um, 50 bucks a month or 200 a month for, for bigger ones. Granted, this can do much more than what ours can do, but the basic functionality of getting feedback from people and allowing people to upvote that so that you know what, um, what other people want to see will be a great uh, system that I think anybody could use in getting customer feedback. So stay in touch with us. And that's just kind of a teaser for, for what we'll be working on the next uh, two or three episodes in this, in this segment. So with that, any final words? We're finishing right on the hour. So good timing. Kavan, thank you again for joining us. Uh, you have other apps, so I'm sure we'll get you on in the coming weeks. We'd love to have you on again and get your insights and hear about your other work that you're doing. Oh, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to talk with y'all. And uh, thank you so much for all you do for the community. And Camille, good to see you again. We will Hi. catch you next time. Bye, everyone. All right. Until then, we'd love to hear from you. Um, Priscilla in the comments, I saw your comments. We'll see if we can maybe address those in a future one. Those I think might uh, require more, more, uh, more thought on our end to see if we can help you out there. So, but I appreciate the, the feedbacks and um, we'll get to that. So everyone, thanks for joining. As always, we love to see what you build on air. So please share with us. And, and if you're interested, come on the show and, and show us. Until then, we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check out our sponsor, OnToAir.com. And we will see you next time on the Built On Air podcast. Thank you.